The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Happy Monday. Welcome to another edition of WTMJ Nights. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank Talk text line. That's how you get a hold of us. Calling tonight, you'll be talking to Matt. He is producing the big broadcast. And you can always start with a text, easy text question of the night tonight. What was the highlight of your weekend? It's kind of a gloomy Monday. We figured, look back, relive the highlights. So the highlight of your weekend, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. Matt, you have arrived. Uh, you were having a little, uh, I love, everybody knows I love dogs. I have a dog. Uh, my grand dog is also here today. Um, sometimes dogs, sometimes dogs throw us off. You had a little dog issue trying to get to work today? Yeah, so I'm uh, dog-sitting for my mom's dog, Tank. And Tank didn't want to go for a ride uh, up, <laughs> and so uh, it took a little while to get him in the car. But the treats worked. Delayed by about 10 minutes. you to lure him in? The yeah, treats? use some treats. I, I mean, there was nothing else. His food was in the car. His toys were in the car. You know, How he's, big he's, is Tank? What was that? How big is Tank? About, I'd say between ninety and ninety-five, but I'm oh, not even—I'm okay. not attempting to pick him up. I, I learned so that he lesson. he is a tank. I thought yeah. it was one of those ironic names. Like no, was... no. When right. when he was a puppy, we tried to train him to get used to being picked up. But now, if you even go in that direction, it's not going to end well for you. No, and he's ninety-five pounds. That's you don't want to be lifting a ninety-five pound dog. No. So it's finally the treats that lured him in. Yeah, it was the treats, and then it, you always feel bad after that situation because you get in high-pressure situations. I know I'm against the clock because i got to get here, <laughs> and uh, therefore, y- you know, um, you show how serious you are. You know, maybe you snap, you point in the car, like, get in, and then you realize, uh-oh, that's not working. So then you go back to your playful self, hoping that works, <laughs> and then you feel bad for being serious. No, nah, not me. If the dog... Listen, yeah. if the dog is... Uh... The dog's giving me that much of a hard time. I don't get mad if I yell at him. They deserve it. Yeah, but then you look at the eyes. It's too too much. Oh, they. You know, I give I give them the uh, I give him some pets and the treats. And that he's got a lot of treats. Quick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad to finally. And then, then, how was he on the ride? Was he fine? Oh, he was perfect. He he loves car rides. He just sits in the back. He looks out the window. Yeah. He doesn't paw, which is nice if you're driving, because the last thing you want is to be focused on the road going up 94 and then uh, feel a paw on will be my right elbow. So uh, he's nice and patient. It was good. And he redeemed himself. Okay. Because we got, got to where we needed to be, went in, did his business, or Sap did his business, then went in, gave him dinner, and... Uh, we're all set because that was the part where it's like, okay, we lost ten minutes, but now you have a chance to make up three if you just go in, <laughs> do your do your business, come in the house, and then uh, your food will be ready for you, and then you know. Well, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad he decided to do it. My dogs. Uh, one of them used to love to get. Well, she just passed. She loved to get in the car, but then she would whine for like the first uh, half hour of the car ride. Just whine. Uh, the other one gets in the back. I got to lift him up now because he's older. I got to lift him up. But then he just lays there. 
He just lays, falls asleep. He doesn't do anything. So they're fine. They're fine in the car. But uh, sometimes, yeah, sometimes they just don't, uh, they won't do what you tell them. It almost sounds like a former president of the United States just won't do what he tells you. Uh, We'll get into the gag order that was placed on the former president today, but we've got some text responses to our question. What was the highlight of your weekend? From the 262, visited Redner's Rescued Cat Figurine Museum, M-E-W-S-E-U-M. All right, very nice. Uh, from the 269, not having the Packers lose this weekend. <laughs> there you go. Did they, though? Yeah. I mean, that's like a zero-sum well, thing. They lost on Thursday. Yeah, so, yeah. So, well, no, they they didn't lose yesterday. So, Because <laughs> people still, I know, I know a lot of people look at Thursday as the start of the weekend. I don't. Friday at 5 is when the weekend starts, and then it ends Monday morning. So I'm going to let – listen, it's the, it's the highlight for this uh, texter. It's not our highlights, Matt. You know, yours is getting tank true. in the car. That, well, but is that a part of the weekend? No. So what happened over the weekend? Well, you think about that. Jeff said, my weekend highlight was hanging my new Max Sabbath tour poster on the wall, which I purchased online in advance, so I don't need to be concerned about getting drenched with bl- it getting drenched with blood, special sauce, or other questionable substances at the show tonight. Yes, Max Sabbath is in town. Oh, that is a nice poster of Max Sabbath. <laughs> Jeff, thank you. Um, oh, wait, they didn't. you're right. They didn't play Thursday. They played, when was it, last Monday? Yeah, it was against Vegas. Yeah, so they played last Monday. We talked. We still talked to uh, Brandon on uh, Thursday. That's why I got confused. Yes, yeah. So they they did not play this weekend, so they lose. Uh, are they? Uh, that was the highlight of somebody's weekend. What was the highlight of your weekend, Matt? It was a pretty. I don't want to say dull weekend. It was mostly Saturday. Watched some college football, and then. Prepped all my stuff to do sports on Wisconsin's weekend morning news, so that Ooh, was uh, th- nice. that was a good day getting all that in order. And then uh, Sunday, I'd say the highlight was I had a very good week in fantasy football. So far, still need a little bit to happen tonight. <laughs> I'm counting on you, Los Angeles, but uh, we'll see what happens. Dough? Not immediately, but I'm 0-5, so I-, I need something to happen. Yeah, wow, that is uh, that's kind of rough. All right, well, uh, I'll. Uh, one of my highlight, I will explain in a little bit, but um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will talk about the former president and his the gag order that was imposed today. Uh, one last for right now, another uh, text about the highlight of your weekend. Hooray for a quiet weekend, our granddaughter's soccer game at the park with some more grandkids, dinner out at Harvey's in Mequon. So very nice. All right, let's do this. Then there's more. It's WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights, our text question of the night. What was the highlight of your weekend? From the 414, the highlight of my weekend was my sister's wedding. After 15 years together, they finally tied the knot. It was a wonderful celebration in downtown Milwaukee. Very nice. Greg says, highlight of my weekend, Carroll University celebrated their homecoming this weekend. And I celebrated my 15th year class reunion. It was amazing. Uh, weekend seeing friends and ha- hearing lots of music, and Carol won a football game, sixty-four to seven. Not a bad, uh, not a bad weekend. Um, 
The weekend ended kind of rough for the former president. Today, if you didn't hear, a federal judge issued a gag order on the former president, limiting what he can say about special counsel Jack Smith's federal prosecution into the alleged attempt to subvert the 2020 presidential election. I know there are going to be some people who say, oh, how can how can they do this? This is a political uh, ploy in their trade. No, what this proves to me is, Nobody is above the law. Everybody has to follow the same rules. Whether you're a former president on trial for alleged, allegedly trying to subvert the election, or if you're on trial for embezzlement, if you're in tr- on trial for any other federal crime, well, these are the rules you have to play by. Play by. Now, it's not. Comp- it doesn't mean, which people will overreact to and say. What what about freedom of speech? Well, all right, listen, easy on the freedom of speech, because freedom of speech means that the government cannot restrict your speech, which technically they're doing here, but they're not telling him he cannot speak about the trial. They're just putting some limits, and I think that's fine. The order restricts Trump's ability to publicly target court personnel, potential witnesses, or the special counsel of his staff. It did not impose restrictions on disparaging comments about Washington, D.C., or certain comments about the Justice Department at large. The government asked for those. The judge said, no, that's not going to happen. The judge... the judge said, this is not about whether I like the language Mr. Trump uses. Tanya Chitkin is her name. This is about the language that presents a danger to the administration of justice. His presidential candidacy, candidacy does not give him carte blanche to vilify public servants who are simply doing their jobs. And she noted that any violation could result in sanctions. Now, of course, the former president was not happy about that took to uh, social media in all caps, will appeal the gag order ruling, witch hunt. It's only a witch hunt if they don't know where the witch is. They they know. It's not a witch hunt. So um, now the judge has been a target of Trump's attacks via social media. Uh, war- she warned the former president that the comments uh, he or his attorney make could threaten the case. She said, quote, Mr. Trump is a criminal defendant. He's facing four felony charges. He is under the supervision of the criminal justice system, and he must follow his conditions of release. Yeah, that's what a lot of people forget, that, you know, he was booked and charged, and now he's out. He's out on his own recognizance, but he's still out. Um, The judge went on to say he doesn't have the right to say and do exactly what he pleases. Then she asked one of his attorneys, do you agree with that? And his attorney said, yes, 100%. So... Uh, this is this is one of those things where you've got a guy who believes he can do whatever he wants um, because he's a former president and he's running for president again, and the judge is saying, "Listen, no, this is not this is not going to happen. You don't get to you don't get to call out individual people if you're unhappy with it. That's you can say that." Um, the attorneys are like, well, if they, if they, uh, you know, if Mr. Trump thinks that it's is it an author, authoritarian regime that is cracking down, how can he say that? Well, there's, there's ways to say things. Um, now part of, part of the, the language, which is the, the problem, it's dangerous language is what the judge is worried about. 
um, that it can spur violence, calling Jack Smith a thug, um, saying that she is a biased Trump-hating judge, uh, calling Smith deranged, and he attacked individual members of the prosecution team. Uh, if the message, according to the judge, Mr. Trump wants to express is my prosecution is politically motivated, he can do so without using highly charged language. They're also saying that, you know, he's getting close to tampering with witnesses or intimidating witnesses, rather, when he calls out Mike Pence, when he calls out uh, former Attorney General Bill Barr. That could result in witness intimidation by his... Um, his followers. So these are these are kind of common sense things that most defendants are not going to do anyway. Um, but you know you've got a you've got a whole whole different thing, and this has been going on since August. So this is nothing new. But uh, Donald Trump has decided he was going to flout the rules and do whatever he wanted to do and now the judge has put these uh these limitations on him she said in august she told him legal trials are not like elections to be won through the use of meeting halls and radio and newspaper i will take whatever measures necessary to safeguard the integrity of these proceedings so we'll see it's uh you know there's still the trial there's still everything else but at least now um you know the ground rules are down and he'll he'll either obey it or he won't uh, speaking of obeying the rules, we've all gone a little quick on the highway, haven't we? You, what was the most you ever thought you would get for a ticket? Over a million bucks? Hmm. Well, it happened. I'll give you the details after this. WTMJ Nights. Now, this is more like an I Can't Drive 55 uh, out of Savannah, Georgia. The headline is very is a little bit misleading, but... This did happen. A uh, Chatham County man received a $1.4 million speeding ticket. Matt Ru Matt was incredulous during the break, but I would not give him any details. Uh, so <laughs> this is what happened. Guy is speeding. He's going 90 and a 55. That's a little fast even for me. I'll go 90 and a 70, but uh, not 90 and a 55. Uh, he said... According to Connor Cato is his name. He said he knew he was going to get a super speeder ticket, which must be a thing in Georgia. He never anticipated the fine would be over a million dollars. So he calls up and he says, uh, he sees the ticket, $1.4 million. He says to the lady, uh, when he calls, no, this has to be a typo. She was like, no, sir, you either pay the amount on the ticket or you come to court on December 21st. Uh, according to uh, his defense attorney, he said he'd never seen anything like this before. The attorney said, at first when I asked about this, I thought it was a clerical error, but uh, you followed up and apparently it's not a clerical error, but I've never seen anything like this before. According to the law in Georgia, the top the top fine you can pay, even for a super speeder ticket, uh, it's a misdemeanor, is a thousand bucks. Now, some other, uh, you know, some other attorneys have said, okay, if a, it's a misdemeanor of higher aggravated nature, maybe five thousand. Uh, now the bond bond would be relative, not one point four million. That's something that goes into cases that are drug trafficking, murders, or aggravated assaults. So they called Savannah, and this is Savannah, the city. And I've been to Savannah; it's a beautiful city. 
but uh, I know I'm never going to speed there. So it's not technic. It's not really a uh, 1.4 million dollar ticket. They put these on there because super speeder tickets, you have to go to court. You can't just pay them. So the balance uh, is a placeholder. The system automatically puts in $999,999.99 as the base amount plus other costs since that is the uh, since the only way to resolve the ticket is to appear in court. Uh, the amount is not enforced. They've been doing this as, since 2017 when uh, they put this new program in, in place. So his ticket would have been $999,999.99. Then there must have been some other costs. That took it up to a million four. Uh, but that is, again, that's just to... That's just to make sure he shows up in court. He still cannot be, uh, his fine can't be more than $1,000 plus mandated costs. But I can't, like, if I had gotten a ticket and came home, my wife always is mad at me anyway when I get a ticket, and thankfully I haven't gotten one in a while. But that's like 150 bucks. If I came home and, well, uh, I got a ticket today, she'd be mad. Then when I showed her it was a million four, I'd be packing my stuff. So that's it. He's not really going to have to pay a million for Matt. I know you were very, you were nervous about that. You were enraged. Yeah, it's an enrageable thing. Sure, a million four. That seems a little steep, even for uh, you know, even for going thirty-five miles over the limit. All right, we got to do this. Then it's news time. WTMJ. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Knights. Our text question tonight, the highlight of your weekend. Austin says, unlike Matt, the highlight of Austin's weekend, landing in first place in his fantasy football league. That would have been your highlight too, wouldn't it, Matt? It might be my highlight in five or six weeks. We're, we're getting yeah. there. All right, we'll check. It's only week six. We'll, we'll see. And then from the 608, uh, drive to a long bike uh Drive to and then a long bike ride along the Elroy Sparta bike trail. Leisurely scenic drive home. That does sound very nice. Uh, this, this story comes from England, but I know we have all been in this situation. We may not have reacted the same way, and I don't endorse this behavior, but I understand it a thousand percent because you know it has happened to you. You pull into a parking lot. Doesn't matter where. It could be grocery store, movie theater, doesn't matter. And you're in the lines. And you come out and someone has parked so close to you that you cannot open your door. How angry do you get? What do you do? Well, this uh, this mom in England, actually, uh, Kita Karn caused a 1,000 pounds worth of damage. She's a 45-year-old mom. She was out shopping with her children she returned to the uh, parking lot at the uh, mall. She put her shopping bags in the trunk of her car and then pulled her keys out of the handbag and used them to re repeatedly scratch a Dacia Logan, which is a type of car. Uh, she then put her kids in the car and drove off, leaving the owner of that car with a thousand-pound repair bill. She was caught on closed-circuit television. Um, she had denied causing the damage until she finally admitted that she had done it. Um, the prosecutor told the magistrates that uh, 
the car was the the Dacia Logan was the first brand new car that the man had ever bought. The prosecutor said she returned to her vehicle, put her shopping bags inside the car, but takes her keys out of her handbag and then scratches his vehicle and puts her children in the car and drove off. It was the first time that the man, Mr. Breed, who was the owner of the car, had ever purchased a new car in his life, and he just parked his car, having done nothing wrong. Well, we don't know how. I would love to see how close, uh, how close he was, because I know this happened to me just three weeks ago. I'd gone to the store, and we see this all the time. So I go to pull in, and I. I always make sure I'm straight in the in the lines. I am in the lines. So there was a car on the passenger side of my car when I pulled in, and no car in the space on my driver's side. I get out. I look. I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm in the within the lines. Go in, do my business. Come out. Somebody had come in, and you know how people just kind of angle into the spot. I'm not exaggerating to say there was less than six inches. It was so bad that I took pictures. I took pictures of how close the car was, and I took pictures of the license plate of the car because I was so livid that I was afraid I was going to do what this woman did. And trust me, I thought about it. I thought about uh, cutting the stems off the tires. I thought about breaking a window. I thought about keying the car. I did none of them. But I couldn't, um, I couldn't get in the car, and I could, I can't get in the driver's side because I can't climb over the center console and the gear shift and everything else. I'm way too big to do that, and I'm not going to go in the back of the car and then climb over the back seat and then try to climb over the front. It's impossible. So I'm standing out there trying to figure out what to do. I went back into the store. And I said, hey, here's the license number. Can you make an announcement? And they're like, oh, and I walked out. And as I'm walking out, you ever you ever just look at somebody and know that that's the person you were looking for? That it's, uh, th- this guy just had a look, like a dude bro kind of look, like he didn't care, he was going to do whatever he wants. And I'm thinking to myself, this is the guy. And normally I don't do this. And, and again, I, probably not the smartest thing. I'm not, uh, I'm not recommending this. To you, because in this day and age, you know, who knows what could have happened. Uh, guy a little younger than me, maybe in his late 30s, early 40s, and he comes out to get in his SUV, and it's angled. It's, it's angled in the spot. There's no chance. And he goes to get in. I'm like, hey, man. Now I'm standing behind my car. I go, you parked so I can't get in my car. And I must have said it, I don't know, in a, kind of an intimidating tone of voice because he looked a little shocked. Then he walked between the cars like, oh, I'm so sorry, sir. I didn't realize. I go, yeah, man, I've been standing out here waiting. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. He gets in. Then he, But then he comes, he goes to get in, and then he comes back, and he looks again. And I'm like, dude, you can barely see light between my car and your car. There's no way I, I can open that door. And he pulled, he pulled away, and, you know, but I understand the urge to want to, you know, when somebody is that thoughtless, you want to you wanna do something to get a message across. 
Now, I'm sure he went to the next door and parked just as horribly as he did this time. But, um, you know, I, I remember I was just out of college or still in college. And I went out uh, to a bar with some friends. And this, the, guy, the guy who was driving that night was kind of a hothead. And we came out of the bar and somebody had done the same thing to his car parked way too close now he was still able to get in but he was unhappy because it was that close and he did take a baseball bat and break out the windows i was like oh man we're all getting arrested thankfully not not thankfully but we didn't get arrested we didn't you know he drove away nobody whatever but um and which is wrong i mean 100 percent wrong but you can understand it you know you gotta be care- you gotta be careful when you're parking. That's all I'm saying. So I I feel bad for the kids uh, in this case because they you know they were saw their mom do something horrible like this and the mom should have to pay. She does. She was uh, you know she's on probation for 18 months and she had to pay the thousand bucks thousand dollar fine, which is all all well and good. But man, you know sometimes people are just thoughtless jerks and you want to get a little payback. Have you ever gotten payback on anybody like that, Matt? You seem like a guy who might have some simmering anger underneath the uh, nice cordial demeanor that you present. I've been thinking about this situation. I haven't been in any particular where it's gotten to a point of escalation. But if I was in your shoes, take the situation you just talked about. Yeah. I don't even know what I'd do. I, I think my method of anger would be... I'd be very passive aggressive. I think what I would do if I was done with all my shopping and I was going someplace else, because I don't, the last thing you want to do is lose the parking spot. I would pull into my car, start the car, back up, and show the guy how to park a car. (laughs) I might even mess up a little bit, park on a diagonal, and then pull back out and correct myself. (laughs) Then what is he supposed to do? Say, oh, I don't know. I just showed you. Yeah, I don't. That, see, that, I don't want to educate a person that much. I don't have that much care for them. I want them to suffer a little bit, but not not suffer. You know, this guy knew I meant business. Now, granted, uh, it could have gone horribly wrong. He could have, you know, when I said, hey, man, you parked too close to my car, he could have gotten all defensive and started, you know, it could have escalated from there, which I did not want. But I wanted him to know the reason I'm standing out here in the parking lot like a dork is because I can't get in my car because you don't know how to drive. So it could have backfired. Thankfully, it did not. But I also, I also am like, at this point in my life, I, I have no patience for stupidity. I'm not going to put up with it anymore. And so when you, if you don't know how to drive, just stay home. I don't care. Learn how to park. It's not that hard. It's not hard. That's why Especially this, you're saying this happened in a parking lot, right? Yes. This is not like you're paralleling in a big city. No. And you're too close to each other. That's one thing. No. This is a parking lot, you know, the nice wide yellow lines gives you a nice guide to get in, but he he came in just slid in at an angle. Were they straight or were they on a diagonal? No, they were straight. That is the most elementary. That's like first grade level parking. I know. This is what this is what I don't get. That's he needs why to be held back another year. 
Oh, or whoever passed him on his driver's ed test <laughs> needs to have their uh, <laughs> testing certification revoked. I don't even know. Do they even test on parking anymore? It's so elementary. It should. I know, had to. I mean, park. that's the last thing you have to do. You have to park the, the car back park. at the DMV. I'm trying to. Boy, it's been a long time since. But I took my mom for her driving test. I don't know if she had to. Well, their their lines at the DMV are angled, so it's a little easier. Oh, I oh, took my mom. oh, oh! I mean, the excuses. Yeah. The I only learned how to park on a diagonal. I learned how to park at a right angle. You know, you just pull in. You gotta, you gotta come out a little wide, and you gotta come in. And then exactly. You know what you can do. And what happens if you pull in too far or too close to one side? You put your car in reverse. You back it out. You eyeball it. You go back in. Exactly. You know who else bothers me? Not only those people who can't who park over the lines. It's the ones who don't pull up far enough that leave their car sticking way out. So that now, if you come out of the store and you've parked in the correct space. Trying to back out is harder because there's an extra half car length because these people are afraid to hit their tires on the uh, on the curb or go up to the go up to the line. I have a lot of issues with people in cars. And then the other thing is, if you're driving trying to find a parking space and one car is stuck too far out, you think the space next is open. That's right. And then there's a Mini Cooper right there, <laughs> or a motorcycle. Ex- oh, don't get me started. I don't think we have time for that. <laughs> I don't mind the motor. Usually motorcycles park uh, either up toward the front because they can make a little space or they park near the cart corral. I'm, I'm good with that. But, yes, it's when, uh, you know, the guys who are driving uh, these monster trucks and then trying to pull in, and their their truck is too big for a regular car spot. So instead of parking at the back of the lot, where there's more room and they can take up a couple spots. They want to save a few steps, so they park real close to the door. And then their 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 monstrosity is taking up so many spots that you can't get through or you can't get around them. <sighs> well, there we go. We got that out of the way. That's uh, <laughs> that's a little much. Everybody's very everybody's very excited. Still, um, let's see. From the 414, I'm still mad as hell about this, but now I know I've got to walk around the entire truck at these big box stores. You can't see the big orange carts when they're right in front of your bumper. That bumper was brand new, and now it's got an indelible orange mark. Uh, what I find amazing, Peter says, is that I've seen some of these self-parking vehicles try to park straight in when, they, when commanded to parallel park in a space they consider too tight. Yeah, I don't, well, I, I listen. I don't trust these self-parking cars. I know it's. I know that makes me sound like a luddite, and that I'm too old, and that I'll never know. But listen, um, no thanks. Self-driving, self-parking. There's a re. There's a reason that we have to pay attention when we're driving. I don't. Uh, I'm not giving that over to the car. All right. We were talking about the highlights of your weekend. I did something that I had not. Uh, that I had not done before. And uh, we'll talk about that and things that you have tried recently that you've wanted to try, but maybe for whatever reason you had put off, and then you decided now is the time. We'll get to all that and more. It's WTMJ Nights. Yes, it's always a good time to roll out the barrel. Uh, Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. Is there anything you've wanted to try that you just finally decided it's time and you tried it i did this weekend before we get to that rusty was commenting on we were uh complaining about people who don't know how to park in a parking lot rusty said there are those uh who pull up 
pull way in and almost touch my rear bumper, then I can't put my purchase in my trunk. Yeah, people are just, people are, well, some people are dumb. Uh, this was, so for Christmas, you know, I talk to brewers a lot. I talk to brewers here usually uh, Thursday or Friday night on At the Breweries, and then I also have my podcast that I'm part of, Crafty Brewers, Tales Behind Craft Beer. So I love talking to brewers and hearing their stories and learning about beer because I, I love beer. I've always wanted, I've always thought, well, maybe I should, maybe I should try to brew. And for Christmas, my wife and daughter had given me one of these home brew kits where, you know, now granted it's, it's the recipe is in there. So they give you the grains, they give you the hops. You're not, you're not creating your own recipe. And it had been sitting there and I had just been trying to figure out when I would get a, uh, when I would get a chance to do it. And finally I said, you know what? Saturday I took everything out of the box and I was like, tomorrow I'm brewing beer. And so yesterday I spent about three and a half hours brewing some amber ale, which now is downstairs fermenting. Checked on it today. It's a, it's a fun, it's a fun concept or a fun process rather because, uh, you know, first you got to get all this, this water. And then I was steeping, steeping like you do with tea, all my grains. Then you have to boil it. Then you're adding the malt. Then that, that boils and you add the hops and then you got to put it in the sink. I had to use 20 pounds of ice to kind of cool it down fast. You add that to the, uh, your fermenter. And uh, you put in a little airlock so that as as the then you sprinkle on the yeast before you seal it up. Once the yeast starts working, the fer fermentation starts, and then gases come up and they come up through this little uh, fermenter airlock that I have in there. And today, today I went down to check on it, and it was starting to ferment. Bubbles were popping up through the uh, through the airlock. So I don't know. In two weeks, it'll be bottling day, and then in another two weeks, I'll be able to drink it. So I got a, I got five gallons of this Amber Ale sitting in my basement that is uh, one of these days going to be beer. So it was, uh, it was fun. That was, my, uh, that was my big thing that I had been wanting to try. Now, I don't, think as I, uh, I don't think any of my friends in the brewing business have anything to worry about. I don't foresee myself trying to uh, take this any further. But we'll see how it turns out because the weird thing is, you know, it's in this five-gallon, little more than a five-gallon bucket, like a paint bucket. And after it's been sitting now, there's a along the bottom, there's about a half inch, three quarters inch of sediment that has dropped down below the spigot. So I'm, I got to ask somebody that I who does this for a living that I know if, uh, you know, once I start to bottle it, if the sediment's going to get all stirred up, because you don't want, you know. Don't want to drink a beer that has all kind of stuff floating around in it, but uh, yeah. So that was my thing. Uh, Jeff says he uh, had wanted to try ginger beer. Uh, he tried it for the first time Saturday evening. Instead of typing an inappropriate smile, I will just type that I didn't care for it. All right, Jeff. Hey, from the nine two zero marriage just got married two weeks ago. Well, congratulations. Hopefully, hopefully it works out uh, better with your marriage than Jeff's ginger beer, but and I'm sure it will. So congratulations. Matt, is there anything on your uh, recently that was on a uh, small bucket list that you finally decided you were going to try? I can't think of one off the top of my head. That I trying all new things with the new sports that you're calling and all that. Oh so yeah, we'll put all that. Every in. day That's is a new day in that regard. Wow, every day is an adventure for Matt. All right, on the other side of the news, we're going to come back. Somebody paid a lot of money for a movie prop. What movie prop, if money was not an issue? 
would you want in your home as a collector? We'll talk about that and so much more in the second hour. WTMJ Nights. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Hour two of the big show. Glad you are with us at 8 o'clock. It's Bucks Weekly with Justin Garcia. But this is a, I don't know if you collect things. A lot of people have all different kinds of collections. Uh, movie memorabilia is a big thing. And think about your favorite movie. And think about if money was no object, what movie prop would you want to own? I came up with a list of mine, and I, I thought of this because I saw a story today that an X-Wing, a model of an X-Wing fighter from the original Star Wars, just sold for $3.1 million. Now, it doesn't say if this went to a an individual or like a museum or whatever, but it was a 20-inch model of an X-Wing fighter. It was used in the movies Climatic Space Battle and Trench Run. So we all remember, if you've seen Star Wars, you know what an X-Wing fighter was. Those were really cool. I also like the little, um, little like hover car that Luke drove earlier when he was just zipping around. Looked like a convertible. But uh, So I remember, I remember those being very, very cool when the movie came out. The model had been lost decades ago. It turned up in a garage of uh, late Hollywood model designer Greg Jean. So... Somebody got it. $3.1 million just to have a small model of an X-Wing fighter. But sometimes money is not an object. And in this exercise, it is not. Uh, somebody from the 414 already texted in Steve McQueen's bullet Mustang. Yeah, I knew there were going to be some cars on here. And uh, that, one is, that one is iconic from the, uh, one of the best chase scenes in the history of cinema. Bullet. Jeff, Jeff has one that I was going to put on my list. Uh, I would get Snake Plissken's eye patch from Escape from New York. Have you ever seen Escape from New York, Matt? No, I've not. Oh my goodness, you gotta! It's, it's good. It's good. Kurt Russell is Snake Plissken. Adrian Barboa, oh, it's uh, fantastic. Uh, it was very when it came out. It seemed like it seemed so futuristic. This could never happen. Now you watch it and you go, Yeah, I can kind of see it. Avoid Escape from L.A. Don't worry. Don't uh, don't bother yourself with it. But the original, kind of creepy, kind of good. Um, the first thing that I put on my list, if I could have any movie prop, was Paul Newman's pool cue from The Hustler. I would love that. And a bottle of the um, the whiskey that he drank. Those two, those two I would love to have. Uh, of course, the biggest thing, and this is this is where the nerd in me really comes out. If I could get a legit Captain America shield, I would be I would be over the moon. Right now, I have a very small plastic one in my office. Does it uh, not not quite the same? If you watch, Stephen Colbert is a huge Marvel fan as well, and he was gifted. Um, when Chris Evans was on, they gave him a shield from the movie, and it hangs in um, hangs in the studio where he's at the uh, Ed Sullivan Theater. So that uh, that would be that would be something for me. From the four one four Indiana Jones fedora, yes, that would be good. I think the whip would be a nice uh, a nice one, and the leather jacket, all from there. Or I would also like the um, the arc 
you know, the Ark of the Covenant, or uh, the monkey head that they ate the chilled monkey brains from. All of those would be cool from the Indiana Jones uh, universe. Matt, do you have a, a movie prop that you would uh, you would pay whatever for if money was no object? Happy Gilmore's hockey stick putter. Oh, that's a good one. Yes. All right, I like that. I like that a lot. I would also like. Uh, I would also like the hand. What's uh? The, what's his coach's name? Oh, Chubbs's hand. Chubbs's hand. I'd like Chubbs's. Even hand. even at the end of the movie. Uh, not all chewed up by the gator. I, I'd want Chubbs's hand in. You know, fairly good. Ca- I'd like them both to put them in a case. You want the hand and the gator head? Yeah. Why not? Just d- don't fall out the window, please. I will try not to. Uh, that's a good one. I like the hockey stick putter. That is a, that's a good one. I hadn't thought of that. Um, to finish my Marvel dorkdom, I would like an Iron Man, I would get an Iron Man helmet or Thor's hammer. I would have all of those. Um, you know, just, just cause. Is there a movie prop that you would love to own no matter if money was not an object? That is what we're talking about. Um, couple more on mine. The uh, the forty four Magnum from Dirty Harry, the uh, samurai sword from either Kill Bill or Pulp Fiction, leg chains from Cool Hand Luke, and then Wonder Boy from The Natural. I would like the bat. Put it somewhere. I don't know where I'd put it. Uh, from the two six two Tom Selleck's rifle from Quigley Down Under. Wow, that's a movie I haven't heard of in a long, long time. I like the hat. I like Tom Selleck's hat in that one. And, of course, his mustache. Tom Selleck always with the fantastic mustache. So it was very good. The ruby slippers from The Wizard of Oz from the 414. We just talked about that the other night, how the guy who uh, who stole them was sentenced on Friday. But he's very old and very sick. But the, uh, they got the slippers back. They had been they had been insured for over a million dollars. But it's not real rubies on there, just uh, in case you did not know. So that was... I don't know. I don't. I I say those things because I know I can never get them. Because well, one, I don't know. I don't know where you would get them. Two, I don't have the kind of money that those would uh, command. So I'm not going to worry. Uh, I wouldn't worry about that. But I also I I don't I don't collect stuff. I used to collect shot glasses, which is a nice cheap uh, hobby. Then I got hundreds of them and. We moved from the house where I had space for them, and then they were in a box uh, for a long time, and then I just uh, picked out a couple and donated the rest of them. I don't know. So somewhere there's people uh, people who are partying with my old shot glass collection. From the 414, the captain's chair from Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, that would be fun. Just sitting there and tell people uh, to enter when they knock their... <laughs> Adam West Batmobile. The old, oh, the old school Batmobile, Mark. Uh, that one was cool. Now the, you know, the newer Batmobiles much, um, much more sleek, more high end. But that vintage, campy Batmobile, forget about it. That is, uh, that's fantastic. Sam Jackson's bad MF wallet from Pulp Fiction. I like that one too. That would be good. Now somebody said, I just saw a story about this. Somebody wants a DeLorean from Back to the Future. They just found one in a barn that only had like 950 or 990 miles on it. So you may want to look around. It's somewhere in Wisconsin because I saw the story in the Journal Sentinel. So you may want to uh, you may want to start looking. That could be, you know, I, I can't imagine what it would cost. But, yeah, they found this DeLorean 
in a barn. It was 997 miles. That's all it had on it. It's, you know, as you can imagine, it's covered in dust. It looks kind of looks kind of dumpy, but might be worth your check out. The Robot from Lost in Space. Now, that is technically a television show, but I remember being a kid and having that robot, danger, danger, warning, um, that that robot was a popular like action figure kind of thing. I remember getting one for Christmas one year when I was a kid. Uh, Rusty wants Spock ears. There you go. Just walk around. Uh, <laughs> from the 414, I would like the van from Cheech and Chong movies. Yeah, that van or the van from Fast Times at Ridgemont High when Spicoli pulls up and there's just uh, just smoke pouring out of the van. Those are both. They'll be all good things. All right, if you want to uh, jump in with some more of the movie props that you would love to have, no matter what the cost, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talk and text line. We've got that and so much more as we move on. It's WTMJ Nights. Then oh, a two for Sammy Davis Jr. singing Candyman. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we've got a couple more uh, texts, and you can always you can keep texting these in. Uh, your the movie prop that you would own, no matter no matter what, money is not an object. Shoeless Joe's jersey from Field of Dreams from the two six two. That's a good one. And from the four one four, how about the horse head from The Godfather? I would like that. Not in real life, but <laughs> that's that is a good that is a good uh, a good prop. Either that or. The uh, box with the fish in it, because, you know, Luca Brazzi sleeps with the fishes. Excuse me. That got, got me all choked up thinking about The Godfather. Uh, all right. This is a, uh, as Halloween gets nearer and nearer, we start uh, thinking about candy. And we've talked a little before, just when we were talking about popular candies and stuff, how divisive candy corn is. Well, uh, <laughs> I saw something today that was... The amount of press on candy corn is getting crazy. Uh, some people love it. Some people hate it. I am in the love it category. Um, from the 414, that was a real head. Are you sure that was, that was a real horse head? Where did, they get, where did they get a real horse head? I don't know. Anyway, uh, I, am in the, I am in the love candy corn camp. I will not be dissuaded. I know many of you are in the hate candy corn camp, and I will not try to... Uh, I will not try to throw shade at you. You are just uh, misinformed. Your taste buds are not what you think they are. Um, but candy corn is one of the biggest candies of Halloween. Most of the 9 billion kernels, more than 35 million pounds, are produced annually. Um, that is according to the National Confectioners Association. During the year, candy corn, not uh, not very popular. But candy corn shoots to the top of the charts with the arrival of fall and then Halloween. It is the number three rated Halloween treat behind only chocolate and gummy candy. Um, according to the National Confectioners Association, whether you love candy corn or prefer to give yours away, there's no denying it's one of the most iconic Halloween treats you can enjoy throughout the season. Uh, it is everywhere. It was um, most popular Halloween candy last year on Amazon. Got 16% of the demand, followed by Gummy Bears, Sour Patch Kids, and Skittles. Um, 
On Instagram, there are more than 600,000 posts carrying the hashtag candy corn, displaying artwork, pictures, recipes, and more about candy corn. But, as with everything, there is sad news when it comes to candy corn. It is going to be more expensive this year. Candy corn prices are up about 13%, which seems, which seems like a lot. Uh, in comparison, Hershey Kisses prices have has risen 6.75%. Gummy bears are up 5.58%. So, you know, it's all relative, right? Plus, unless you're using Hershey Kisses to decorate cookies, if you're giving out Hershey's Kisses for Halloween, you gotta, anyway. So Brock's is the industry leader in candy corn, and to be quite honest, theirs is the best. Uh, their candy corn prices were 19% higher than a year ago. I actually I bought a bag a couple weeks ago, but I had a coupon, so I got, I got it for a dollar off. I was very, very happy. Um, sales by volume have dropped about 8% in the last year for candy corn. Compared to chocolate, candy corn is a niche snack. Sales of chocolate topped $15.4 during the 52-week period ending September 16th. Candy corn sales only hit $59.3 In comparison, candy canes made $127 million and licorice, ugh, $411 million. They also surpassed candy corn. All right, this is where things get a little weird. You think candy corn, what do you, what do you think it's made of? Sugar, right? Corn syrup? Salt, sesame oil, honey, artificial flavor, and food colorings. But then there's two other ingredients that people get all bent out of shape about. And I, I didn't because I didn't know them, them till today. Gelatin and confectioner's glaze. Matt, any idea why people would get upset about gelatin? What's to be upset about gelatin for? Well, because it's made from animal hides and bones. Oh, come on. So people, <laughs> yes, just like jello. Don't get just me like, started on this. We'll be here all just, night. Just, <laughs> just like Jello. So people who are vegetarians and vegans can't eat Jello because there's there's gelatin in it. Uh, I okay, that's fine. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna throw shade at candy corn for having a little gelatin in there. This uh, this threw me off a little bit. Confectioner's glaze, also known as shellac, it is made from lac resin. Which is, you want to take a guess, Matt? Something that has to do with an animal. Close, yes. It is bug secretion. That's not bad. If you like red velvet, you know where that comes from. No, where does red velvet come from? A South American beetle. Is that right? Yep. Well, there you go. So the lac bug is a parasite. It's found in tropical and subtropical regions. Uh, workers scrape the secretion from plants and uh, then the some of the bugs are gathered. The shellac is also used in paints, cosmetics, and plenty of other products, according to the Vegetarian Resource Group. Um, the lac insect produces a shiny, durable resin that's used as a basic for all kinds of coatings. I didn't know this, but it doesn't bother me. I've eaten candy corn for years. I'm going to continue to eat candy corn. And now we all have a little interesting fact, whether you're pro or con. You could say, oh, I'm eating it because I love lac bug uh, secretions, or maybe that's why you're not. You don't buy into the uh, you don't buy into the the gelatin thing, Matt. You got a little you got a little. I'm getting you worked up on a number of topics tonight. I, I, I have a bunch of stories. We're gonna have to get to the news eventually, but in terms of uh, 
not to throw shade at vegetarians and vegans because like I respect your point of view. My point of view is clearly the opposite. But my brother, in short, my brother's in Europe farming, and he showed a video of a cow being born. Okay. My mom's point of view was, A, that's disgusting, and B, I'm never eating steak again. That seems... uh, Well, we had steak that night, because my point of view, a little barbaric, and don't at me, this is just my sense of humor... (laughs) Is that tomorrow's night veal? Is that is that veal for tomorrow night? <laughs> like, eh. no, they've got to stay in the box much longer to get tender. Oh yeah, veal take veal takes a while. <laughs> but still, like, and to that point, it's raised the vegetarian, vegan, and all that jazz. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I uh, maybe I just block it out, but I love a good steak. And I don't mind bug secretion, obviously. Uh, when it first came out, it, candy corn started popping up in the late 19th century. A couple more facts. It used to be called chicken feed and was aimed at agricultural and rural families, according to History.com. Um, originally, it was made by hand, with candy makers pouring a sequence of passes of different colors, hot edible icing called fondant into kernel-shaped molds. Brock's, as I mentioned, makes uh, 30, 30 million pounds of candy corn a year. Uh, this year, Brock's has a new fall festival candy corn mix with six new flavors. Kettle corn, caramel apple, cotton candy, lemonade shake-up, strawberry funnel cake, and lemon lime snow cone. Stop it. Nope. Just stick with the original. So there you go. It is, uh, it is the number two most despised candy Behind circus peanuts. I like circus peanuts, too. I haven't had one probably in 30 years, but I used to enjoy circus peanuts. All right, so there you go. Everything you thought you didn't even know you needed to know about candy corn, now you do. Now you know that Matt wants to eat veal hot out of the oven. Uh, And by that, I mean right out of the birth canal. A lot going on here, but we've got to do this. Then it's news time on WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights, 855-616-1620 is the old National Mike talking text line. We've got all kinds of new slang that as a older person, maybe you're trying to keep up with. Maybe there's slang that you used to use that you still use. Might be popular, might be not. You wish it'd come back. We're talking a little bit of slang because a uh, website has scoured the internet to come up with all different kinds of slang popular by the state, popular by the generation, and uh, we're going to get into it a little bit right here because we enjoy uh, we enjoy talking about slang. According to this study, which was done by Preply, the most um, the most popular slang term with baby boomers is bummer. I guess I still use bummer. I don't. I'm trying to. I know I might. I know I use slang because I'm not against it. Uh, I try to throw in some newer slang, but I also find, and Matt, you can comment on this. Uh, when you hear an older person using current slang, do you think they're uh, dorky? You can be honest. Depends on how they use it. If it's super choppy, like they're speaking another language, then it's like, okay, just stop. But if they can get it in, 
So if Them we know right. what it means and we use it correctly, it's okay? Yes. Okay. Well, then I try. Yeah, I'm not going to try to use a different one. Um, for Gen X, the most popular slang word is chill. For millennials, it's OMG. And for Gen Z, it's selfie. Is that slang, though? Well, that's what this, that, I, I, no, I, to me, I think selfie is an act. You're taking a selfie. It's, it's a verb. Um, no, no, is there is a noun? I don't think it's a verb, it's a noun. But selfie, to take, it's a, a take would be the verb. Take would be the verb, selfie would be the noun. Look at this, English class at 737 yes, at night. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, you know, correct you, but no, it's, it's not the, uh, it is definitely not a uh, not a verb, but yeah. I see. I don't know. What, where do you fall? Are you a Gen Z or a millennial? Born in two thousand one. I'm not really sure where the divide is. All right, I don't either. Either way. So you. This is where people learn new slang. Gen Zs learn it on TikTok. Millennials, they say, learn it on YouTube. Gen Xers and baby boomers use it from learn it from younger family members. I learn it from. Well, talking talking to younger people that I work with, and just from being on the internet all the time, trying to stay uh, trying to stay current, you know. So here are some here are some slang words that people would like to see come back. People like to see come back in style. Now this is sad because I didn't know some of these had gone out of style, which plays into your theory, Matt, that if I don't know how to use them, I shouldn't use them. Uh, for Gen Z, they want to see YOLO come back. I didn't know that it left, but I guess it did. YOLO, rad, and was up. Oh no, no, no! no. no Keep no, all three no, retired. No, all right, yeah, all right. So we we put the kibosh on all three. None of those are coming back. Millennials are dipping way back into the '80s. They want uh, Cool Cat, Cowabunga, and Talk to the Hand. No, I'm going to say that's like the weird uncle at Thanksgiving that you only see on Thanksgiving. (laughs) And he's the one saying Kawabunga. Yeah, because he's still wearing his Bart Simpson T-shirt from 1989. Exactly. And he you only see him on Thanksgiving. Okay. And he tries to get your entire life story and you're stuck (laughs) talking to him. You can't talk to nobody else. (laughs) All right. So we're, we're putting him out to pasture too. Gen X. These are the three they would like to see come back in style. Right on, groovy, or epic. I mm, Those are okay. Yeah, I don't really have a problem with any of those. Groovy, groovy seems a little more dated than right on or epic. Epic, I think, sometimes uh, can be a good descriptor, but not everything is epic. That was the problem. Everybody used it to describe everything. That's not true. Right on, I kind of... Uh, who do we work with? Somebody we work with at the station says right on all the time. Oh, Sandy Max says right on all the time. Sounds fine. You know. Uh, so that's... Then the boomers. Boomers want to bring back Far Out. Because <laughs> they're all stoned. Far Out, man. Uh, peace Out and Bummer. Bummer is not bad. Peace Out... No, thank you. You remind me of Ryan Seacrest in the early years of American Idol. I'll, I'll pass on that. So, no. Uh, 
<laughs> the most popular. All right, you're a young man, uh, Matt. What do you think would be the most popular? The most popular TikTok slang in Wisconsin. Huh, I'm trying to the most popular TikTok slang in Wisconsin. Yes. Don't know. Huh? You know where they the Your mic alright? I don't know why they use it. It's the S K S K S K. I don't know what the kids are. I don't know what the kids are saying there. What is it? I haven't heard of it. You you've never used the no because it doesn't have a vowel. I know, but it's you're typing it out. Um, it's an interjection used to convey surprise, happiness, or other intense emotions. It's stereotyped as an overused expression of the Visco girls on social media. You've heard of the Visco girls? Yeah, I've you? heard of the Visco girls. Sure. Well, they they do the skis skis Okay. I'm trying to see how you pronounce it. I'm going you can't. There's no vowel. S K S K S K. That's how they pronounce it. S K S K S K. That that according to according to this study is the most popular, the most popular TikTok slang term in Wisconsin. Seems uh, seems a little odd to me, but uh, you know, good for you. And then we go to. Uh, the most popular slang word, just regular old slang word that would they? Uh, it's the most popular vintage slang word for Wisconsin. I listen. I've talked to a lot of people in Wisconsin, from all the way up north to Kenosha, from the east to the west. I don't believe I've ever heard anybody in the last fifteen years use this vintage slang term. It is. Totally tubular. That is, that according to this study is the most popular vintage slang word in Wisconsin. Does anybody use totally tubular? Unless they're, you know, 65-year-old surfers somewhere out in California. It's not even the most popular slang ter- vintage slang term in California. That's swag. In Illinois, it's selfie. Minnesota, it is daddy-o. <laughs> I got to call my brother and ask him if he and all his uh, he and all his friends at work are saying daddy-o. <laughs> I don't think I don't think they are. Uh, in Iowa, it is totally tubular as well. I don't know. Uh, Why are, if out. it's a surf term? Wisconsin and Iowa totally tubular. I yeah and and. Uh, South Dakota and Nebraska. I can tell you, the one thing South Dakota doesn't have is water. Right. And, or surfers. Or, you know, it's it's a weird landlocked kind of, hey, we'll, we'll never be able to surf, but we're going to adopt that thing. Uh, the 414 wants to bring back Hang Loose. All right, another 414, Fox or Foxy. Meaning pretty cute. That was a big one, Matt. When I was uh, when I was young, uh, all the girls were described as foxy. Oh, she is foxy, foxy lady, Jimi Hendrix. Um, so there you go. Some of the other most popular vintage slang words. Bay is that is that a vintage? That's like 
six years ago. All right. Well, I guess that's that's how fast things change. Dig it, radical, selfie. Again, I disagree that that's a slang word. Mod, swinging, dope, totes, chill, and the number one most popular vintage slang word based on the number of searches in the past 12 months, FOMO. Okay. Yeah, do people have FOMO anymore? People do have FOMO. I don't know if they call it as FOMO. Okay. Uh, we were talking about SKSKSK. That is, uh, that is one of the words that Gen Zs want to see go out of style. Savage, SKSKSK, and POV. Gen Zs don't like That's those. a good point of view. That is a good point of view. On that one topic, you agree with them, with their POV. I don't think that's what they're using it for, though. Millennials want to get rid of slay, sus, and clout. Oh, no, we must keep sus. We have to. I like ironically saying that things are sus, just because it sounds so dumb that you can't, uh, you know, you have to shorten suspect to sus. Gen Xers want to get rid of thirsty, clap back, and slay. I think you keep all three. Really? I guess I don't use the I, thirsty. I use clap back. I know what it means. I don't use it. Slay. I don't use it. But all right. Uh, and baby boomers want to get rid of woke, Gucci, and sheesh. I don't understand Gucci. What did, Matt? What does Gucci mean? It's like God or good. A co- it's a confirmation. Okay. So it's like high end. Uh, it's, speaking of notch. an old friend, that's like a Justin Pottinger slang. He'd be like, "Yeah, that's Gucci." <laughs> wow. He never used that on this show with me. <laughs> Maybe I was never Gucci enough for Justin. Who knows? Uh, sheesh is just uh, when you can't say the other SH word. But baby boomers don't like it, I guess. All right. Uh, 414 wants to bring back knocking boots. Who doesn't, brother? Who doesn't? Um, the young people I hear are things pertaining to combustible items like that's fire or that's gas. Fire, I know. Matt, is that a thing? That's gas? Yeah, a little less than fire. Fire, I understand. Does gas mean the same thing? That it's yeah, you know? yeah. Okay. Wow. You you get to speak for an entire generation, Matt. Did it, do you feel the responsibility on your shoulders? I don't feel the responsibility of the people who use SK 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 SK, but everything else I'll uh, represent. Listen, why are you hating on the Visco girls? They got water bottles and they're just <laughs> they got uh, they got the glottal fry where everything goes up. Uh, so. All right. Well, there you go. There's our, there's our slag tutorial. We, if you want to jump in, do you agree with some of these? Slang you'd like to see come back in style? Slang you'd like to see go out of style? And um, if you are a boomer or Gen X or millennial, Gen Z, the most popular. We've got that and so much more as we start heading toward home on WTMJ Nights. Heading toward the home stretch of WTMJ Nights after the 8 o'clock news. Justin Garcia is here with Bucks Weekly. We'll be back on Wednesday at 6 for a full show. Oh, my goodness. We're talking about slang. I am, I'm looking over these lists again, and if I heard people saying some of these slang terms now, I would think something was a little off with them. From the 414, my 18-year-old tells people with their toes out to put their dogs away. I remember feet. I I still um, 
if my feet really hurt, if I'm on them all day, I'll say my dogs are barking. You know, have you have you heard that term, Matt? Dogs refer your feet referred to as dogs. Oh yeah, that's more modern than people think. See, and we bring it all back because we started the show with a conversation about dogs. See how weird that is? Oh my goodness, I can't believe it. Uh, all right, the only, I'm looking at another list, and I will say, out of the top 14 of the um, most popular, I use sus very, very, very rarely, and only as a as a joke. Flex, I will use if something is a flex, um, but that's that's it. I don't use vibes or stan or lit, uh, low key, guap. Do you know what guap is, Matt? Nah. It's a lot of money. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. But that's the beauty of language. People will. I remember the when I was in grade school for a while. Boss was a big slang word. Boss meant that everything was uh, great. It was top of the line. It was oh, yeah. boss. And then it kind of went out of style. And there was one kid in our class who kept using it. And I remember it being a big thing because we were all like, dude, nobody says that anymore. It's, uh, you know, it's déclassé. We don't, we don't say boss. That was kind of like groovy. And even, like, cool. Do people? I still say things are cool. Oh, yeah. Um, I wouldn't even say that's slang. Well, it kind of is, but it's, it's also weird because I think... Like I may have aged out of saying things are cool, because I remember hearing people when I was, you know, when I was younger, hearing people who were my age or older say cool, and I thought, oh, that's that sounds kind of weird coming out of their mouth. So I need you to be honest, Matt. If a guy my age says cool, is that weird? No. All right, good. Well, that's cool. Then I don't have to worry about uh, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Because <laughs> if I if I said it wrong, that would be sus. Not lit at yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, that was that was a swell job. That was it. Was the bee's knees, Matt? I'm not going to lie to you. Oh it yeah, was, uh, I got him the get, get him the one too. <laughs> I would. I like. I like bee's knees and things like that. The the really vintage slang. I mean, I'm going back to like the 40s. I want. Uh, I want to bring back some of those terms. Those are much more fun, because you know now we've we've lost a lot of. Uh, I want to call people Weisenheimers. That's what I want to do. <laughs> and I want to give them a knuckle sandwich. I still, I when my daughter was little, and even with even with the dogs, I will joke with them that I'm going to give them a knuckle sandwich. I think th I, those are those are the kind. We need some more imagination in our slang. Um, if <laughs> you want imagination in slang, we're not going to have time to get to this. But I have some imagination in slang. Might, give me might, a couple. Well, give might me, have to, we I think I have to explain it, but it's new. DFA. It's a baseball term. It's slang for when someone does something bad, like take food out of the refrigerator that's not theirs or slip secrets to somebody about somebody. Like when you do something bad, then someone okay. says you're DFA'd or that's a DFA-able offense. What does that mean? Does it for assignments? Yeah, it's a baseball term. I'll never I use it around. it's a baseball term, but how, do you, how are you putting it in with the... Are you going to assign someone to somewhere else? You're, you're banishing them? Is that what basically, you're saying? Basically, basically. Okay, I get it. All right, I like that. We'll keep working on things. Uh, you'll be working on uh, listening to Bucks Weekly after the news. Thanks for being with us tonight. Thanks for, uh, for being involved in the program. Matt, thanks for all your help. I'll talk to you again Wednesday night at 6, right here on WTMJ.